2: And welcome to our final episode for 2020 of the turnbuckle right here on mypodcasthouse.com. Thank you for joining us. Tony Shibeki with you. I'm joined by my co-hosts as always, Welshi and Lyle. Hello, boys.
3: Very good, eh, Tony.
2: How's it going, guys? It's going very well. A touch of sadness that
4: it's our last show for the year. Yeah, good running by uh, Welshy's dog on the last show.
3: Yeah, it was good. Very on
4: brand.
3: I might get him put down over Christmas.
4: Oh, Oh, geez, please! (laughs) He's only joking, guys. He's only joking. Don't take that seriously. I don't know. They (laughs) might be coming for well, she's mentions after saying something like that.
3: (laughs) No, he's safe. I've got the cat scratching my leg as well. It's not a good day for me. Yeah.
2: Hey, Tony.
3: Yes i heard this isn't about you this is about our co-host i heard that he um played a game of sport the other day and was too sore today like could barely walk um what sport do you reckon he might have been playing that's caused that kind of an injury
2: Tenpin bowling? Oh, give me I,
3: thought go, credit, I thought you'd go i thought you'd go i thought you'd go with something more just, gore, to gore, that.
4: you were there when gore said that I could probably do his boxing classes. So give me some credit, Tony. So you did a
2: boxing class?
4: No, I didn't no, do a boxing didn't do class. That. But yeah, I've been sore for the last three days because I um, I I yeah. Now the lockdown is over in Melbourne. I finally went and played a round of golf. I've been sore for three days.
2: How
3: do you get sore from golf? Wait, that's not it. How many holes did you play? Oh, nine.
4: So I, I played nine holes of golf. Oh. That's a round. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a round in it, Tony. 18 holes is a round, mate.
3: Yeah, it's half a round.
4: Yeah, but I, I went to the local one where it's just a par three nine-hole course. <laughs>
3: par three? You well, played uh, any golf. To be fair, it's the windmill hole that got him.
4: Yeah, you know. <laughs> you, you know that where, where, where you have to walk up the ramp to get it in there? Oh. I was stuck on that hole for a bit.
3: I can't believe nine holes of golf and you saw for three days.
4: Oh, I you was were, pretty How many times a week do you go to the gym? Uh, three or four. It's a different kind of uh, different no. kind of exercise. I'm assuming um,
3: it's less. You know, just
4: exercise. L- l- no, the the rotating and the yeah you know, the swing. I think that's what got me. The walking was fine. I had a golf cart a buggy, <laughs> an electric buggy, so <laughs> that was fine. You had a golf um, cart on a mini golf course.
2: Well,
4: <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was that and. Yeah, a little bit sore today, Tony. And lucky you uh, made the podcast recording late because I probably would have been doing it in a Radox bath if we were any
2: earlier. Oh, my goodness. Well,
3: there's not much difference between what you're wearing now and what you'd be wearing in a Radox bath. So no, that's true. Really, it makes no difference to us. I have a t shirt on
4: right now and I wouldn't be wearing a t shirt in the bathroom.
2: Uh, great to hear yeah. from our wrestlers last week, guys, as part of that. Deathmatch Down Under Media Day. We've
3: got more coming up today. Yes, we do. Um, We've got really good feedback on that and there's a lot of buzz around the Deathmatch Down Under shows and I got to finally post on social media that picture of Arg uh, chasing Murdoch, which I've been yeah. looking forward to doing since it was taken. What a photo.
2: Yeah. I, I... <laughs> someone said that it was uh, one of the top 10 highlights of the year. And I think my response was, I don't think there was only 10 highlights for the year. Was
3: <laughs> I, I think they're ambitious and said top 20.
2: Oh, good too. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. But I think,
4: I think that photo is going to live on. There's going to be so many more opportunities to bring that photo out. I hope so. Um,
3: so
2: I've yeah, got the video forward. if you want it. <laughs> you
3: yeah. have five versions of the video, haven't you?
2: Yeah, I think so. From
3: a couple of different cameras, but yeah, um, um, that was, it was a lot of fun, uh, and we got to speak to my torturer Gore. Yep, we did, um, which was great.
2: He, he spoke uh, get, very highly
3: of me, didn't he? Uh, exactly
2: right. Definitely. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Before we get into our the remainder of our interviews, boys, and we've got some uh, good interviews coming up from the rest of those death match down under. <laughs> interviews, including a, uh, a double
3: with... I'm wondering how many times you can say interview in the one sentence. Uh, how many times would you like me to say it? Once, preferably, but you can use other words like the chats we had with the people from Deathmatch Down Under, because uh, I don't think... I'm not sure how many of them are interviews. A lot well, of them are just me being drunk they were good, and blubbering. They were good
2: chats. They were, and we'll play some of those chats again shortly. But first of all, an interview with an interesting gentleman who is a wrestler of
3: sorts. Of sorts? He was a wrestler. Well,
2: he yeah. was a wrestler, exactly. But now more known for his uh, directing and producing.
3: And, and acting writing. and writing. And everything. acting and writing, especially uh, the show threat. called Paper Champions. He's a triple threat, Tony. He is. I'm not sure if he can dance, but I'll throw wrestling in as his third threat.
2: I'm totally instead.
3: stuffing this intro up, she
2: well, So do you want to finish it for me, please?
3: You've forgotten who we interviewed, didn't you?
4: I think I think he's going to call him Bradley again.
3: <laughs> we uh, we caught up with the, the the creative force behind Paper Champions, which you can catch on Amazon at the moment. Um, his name is Brady Roberts, and this is our chat with him. Yep. Our interview.
2: We did this chat last week, but here's the interview with him right now. Is that what you just said? No. <laughs> Hello, Brady.
0: Great, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Well, oh, thank you for coming on board. We're going to speak to you about the uh the, the TV series, of Paper Champions, but we'll also speak to you about your wrestling career as well, which sure. was uh, a fairly lengthy career in, fr- from the uh, early 2000s through to about the mid 2000s.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I actually started. Uh, I started really young. So. My, my dad uh, used to bring me to wrestling growing up. So I grew up in Alberta and my dad would go when he was a kid, went to stampede wrestling in Calgary and Edmonton with, with his dad. So he was a big wrestling fan growing up, watched the Hart family and the the British Bulldogs and everything. And so of course, when I was a kid, we would sit on the couch and watch wrestling every Saturday morning and Monday night. And, And then he had gone to college with a guy in Edmonton, uh, named Robert O'Keefe, who started a small wrestling school in Edmonton, uh, which was called called CCW Canadian Championship Wrestling. And, you know, I was like 13 years old, and I had a few buddies that, that were big wrestling fans as well, all around the same age. And because we knew the promoter, we would um, go to the shows, and we would help set up the ring, and we would sweep the ring, and we would sell the tickets at the front door and do the popcorn. And we were just like the we were the dudes that did everything. They just had us do all the chores, right? And, and, and we loved it. We got to hang around the wrestling and stuff. And then on the weekends, we would go and watch the training camp and stuff. And then eventually they let us kind of start getting in the ring and just doing some basic, you know, rolling around and stuff like that. And and I, you know, I, I played sports all growing up. I was a relatively uh, athletic kid. And so we kind of picked up some, some fun kind of lucha and stuff like that that we were doing. And what happened was um, that company ended up folding and we went and started training at a different company uh, that was in Edmonton called Monster Pro Wrestling, which is actually still around now. But And we there was a show in February, in the middle of February 2003. And if, if, you, if you know uh, Alberta at all, it's like a major blizzard in Alberta in February, right? So they had a carload of wrestlers coming out from Winnipeg to do the show, which is about a 16-hour drive. Uh, And because of the blizzard they couldn't make it to the show and so they put three of us young kids we were 15 years old put us in a triple threat match uh, on that show um you know i didn't even have gear we had like shorts and you know we had like knee pads and shoes we didn't have like gear you know because we weren't even supposed to be wrestling yet and the fans really loved it because we did a lot of really cool kind of like lucha and some japanese stuff we were watching a lot of tapes vhs tapes from like highspots.com and stuff back in the day and we order all these tapes. So we were doing a lot of really unique stuff. And so then they just started bringing us back and bringing us back and then we started touring. And yeah, that's kind of the the nutshell of the the beginning. And then I, when I was 18, I I left Edmonton and moved to Calgary to train at Lance Storms Wrestling Academy, Uh, trained there. And then I went to California to train. I trained with TJ Perkins, Rocky Romero, Carl Anderson, all those guys. Uh, This was just after the New Japan Dojo had folded. So uh, they had a separate school there. And so trained in some lucha and stuff there as well, and went into Mexico and wrestled, and then I went over to Japan and, and worked for uh, Tajiri's company called Smash Wrestling in Japan, and and then yeah, did a bunch of like short you know tours with WWE and had a bunch of kind of trials with WWE, and and now I'm in Vancouver um, making movies. Incredible yeah. story. Um, this a very short form version. There's a lot more. <laughs> games, but it's a very short form version.
3: Yeah. Well, I know. Um... Landstorm's Academies had a, a huge um, impact on Australian wrestling, and yes. a lot of Australians have gone over there and trained. And my um, man, Bill Cannon. Yes, Carlo is a good friend of the show, and um, yeah, he's he's one of the one of the really premier trainers in in Australia yeah. as well, um, based on what he learned from who he calls his second father, Carlo, um, Lance Storm. Yeah. And uh, well, how how well how much did you train with Carlo when you were in? um with Lance Storm
0: yeah so Carlo was in the very first class with Lance and uh yeah we trained together a fair amount and we we had a we had a really great match uh in Lethbridge that that both of us kind of talk about all the time and really loved it was it was really cool because we were sort of a couple of the top baby faces down there at the time in this company in Lethbridge called Power Zone Wrestling and Carlo was was up in Calgary at the time training and so so we got to work together a little bit which was awesome and we still you know, I I talked to him two weeks ago. I mean, we still are are really close friends to this day. So um, he's amazing. And I I highly recommend his his school. If, if you're an aspiring wrestler in Australia.
4: Everyone we speak to speaks uh, extremely high of Lance Storm. What, what separates him from other schools and, and as a head trainer? Yeah, I think, I think what separates Lance is that he's
0: not trying to take your money he's he will, he will literally tell you i've seen him tell people like this is not the business for you this is not you're not you're not it's not you're not cut out for this you know like he he has so i mean there's a few things i mean first of all he's not because often with a lot of these small independent wrestling companies you know they're just trying to survive you know they have a wrestling school they've got this building in this ring and they might have a trainer who you know worked the independence for a few years or whatever and and oftentimes, to be honest, they're really not in a position that they should be training anyone of, you know, and so they're essentially just taking people's money and they're they're coaching people when they don't often know what they're talking about themselves. So Lance's a guy who's been in the business for, you know, now 30 years, full time, wrestled for every major wrestling company made lots of money as a wrestler, but, but, you know, it, it, the fact that he was on top working with a lot of those guys and the fact that he was a trainer for WWE for many years in their development system, and he's still involved now, you he know, he's a producer up until the, uh, the pandemic happened. Uh, obviously he can't travel to the U S right now, but, you know, so he knows exactly what WWE is looking for, which is I think why a lot of his students have been signed to, to WWE. He has you know been a head trainer in their system as well. Uh, and he is very straight up. He'll tell you if something sucks. He's not just trying to get that next payment out of you, which often a lot of wrestling schools are, because a lot of wrestling schools, they pay month by month. So they don't want to tell you that you suck and you shouldn't come back, because that's money off of their table next month, right? Lance will say, this is not for you, dude. Like,
3: you got to do something else, man. <laughs> like, he's not afraid. <laughs> yeah, to do that,
2: you
3: know? yeah. So I respect no, that, that about that- yeah. that Tough love can be important because you, it's, it might be a bit of pill to swallow, but it's better to find out at early stages than to, to throw money down the track down the drain.
0: You know, it's, it's not about, it's not about um, being mean or anything like that either. He doesn't do it in a, in a mean way. He just, you know, Lance has a high expectation. Lance is like, look, we're this is professional wrestling at a high level. You need to be a great athlete. You should be a high level athlete and, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to look like a bodybuilder or whatever, but you have to train like an island athlete. You have to have that kind of work ethic. Like you don't just walk into the NFL and get a chance to be in the NFL because you love it because you have a dream, you know? And yes, it's not the same as a competitive sport, but like you got to put the work in, you know, and if you're not willing to put the work in and he sees you're not willing to put the work in, or you're just not athletically cut out for this, like you're not going to make it at a professional level, you know? And he'll say that I've seen him say to people like, Hey, you might do some little indies in your town or whatever, but this is not. You know, make sure you get another job because this is not going to be. You know, and I, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that he does that.
2: You also spent a bit of time training with the Hearts as well, which is uh, obviously a massive name in in wrestling in Canada. Yeah, so I I, um,
0: I didn't train with the Hearts specifically. I did work for the Hearts in Stampede Wrestling. Okay. So there, there was a in the mid two thousands there was a relaunch of Stampede Wrestling. Um, and so Bruce Hart was booking and Ross Hart was booking. So I worked with them. Uh, and then I did train a little bit with, with Tyson Kidd and, uh, Natty Neidhart and, uh, Harry Smith, uh, as well. So I did, I did train with, with members of, of the Hart family, but, um, um,
3: but I worked for Bruce and Ross at Stampede Wrestling. Yeah. Um, and when, when was it that you decided that, um, it was time for, for you to start looking at acting and, producing and creating uh content outside of the wrestling industry yeah so so when, when i grew up uh acting in the theater my parents are both
0: theater actors which i think helped in my wrestling performance as well and so and then i started wrestling and i i never really thought about doing movies or anything like that and then there was a tv show that was filmed in calgary called world of hurt uh yeah
3: we've seen it big <laughs> show yeah. did you guys watch both seasons um the seasons the second season is the one you're on that's um harder to find for us but the yeah. first season I, I, i'll send you all the links i have all the links awesome and we'll um, put them in the show notes I'd as well
0: i highly recommend it you, you might want to have me back on the show after that because that's a fucking that's a <laughs> that's a show man. <laughs> so the first season uh was was lance and um, yeah uh, and carlo carlos in that,
3: yeah, right? yeah yes
0: of course and to and actually, uh, Tyler Breeze was supposed to be in it, but he signed right before the show, and so they they um, swapped him on. I can't remember if it was Derek Cross or somebody that took his spot. But anyway, um, and then the second season is Rowdy Rowdy Piper, uh, and then I'm in the second season, and um, that's where I really kind of developed my Brady Malibu swimsuit model character. And so the so that was filming in Calgary. So I did that show, and that show was a lot of fun for me because they let me do a lot of improv, and my character was just really. It was really funny and the director of that show was like dude like you really gotta get into movies and same and roddy said the same thing roddy said i think part of it is actually on the show he's he has a meeting with me and he said he says right on the show he goes you're the most naturally talented guy on this show he said w he said vince will not know what to do with you um because you're small and you're more of a comedic sort of character and uh he said, Vince is not, not going to understand the character. He's not going to know what, what to do with you. He said, but you, sh- you need to do movies. And so, so Roddy kind of helped me out. He kind of pushed me out in that direction. And then uh, Matt, who was the director of the show, helped me get like an agent and stuff like that. And then I kind of went back and started doing classes that were specifically for like film and TV because acting in the theater and acting in pro wrestling um, are very different than acting in film and TV. So I went back and did a bunch of courses and stuff. And then I started kind of booking roles in Calgary. I was still wrestling. Then I started booking some movies and TV shows and stuff like that. And then I decided, you know, after a couple of years that I should move to Vancouver because uh, Vancouver is sort of the, the Los Angeles of Canada. It's where all the movies are made. And so I moved out to Vancouver and that was probably eight years ago. And uh, been here ever since. And I still, I still wrestled up until a couple of years ago uh, locally with ECCW Wrestling, which is where El Fantasmo and the-, the Bollywood Boys and Kyle O'Reilly and all those guys came from. Uh, and um, but the last couple of years, I've really just been focusing on
3: producing and, and acting. So when we talk about paper champions, um, how long? Did that idea float around your head um, before you made a move on it? Oh, man. I mean, it's been floating around in
0: my head ever since I started wrestling. Because everyone always says it, too. You know, you're traveling on on the road wrestling, doing all these indie shows, and you're like, man, the wackiest people in the world are in the indie, independent wrestling scene. Even more so than the, than the big leagues. Because most, most of the guys in the big leagues, like – they got they got their head on their shoulders, you know. They understand the business and making money. And uh, the guys on the independents, it's like a, it's like the circus, dude. Like it's a Wild West. Like these guys are these guys are fucked, man. I don't know if I can swear there.
3: <laughs> no, you can swear.
0: So the wildest characters ever. So you always go like, oh man, like somebody needs to make a TV show. On this. Somebody needs a TV show. And so the idea was always in my head to do a comedy show about a indie wrestling company and. I had made some other web series and short films, I did a really popular series based on the character Nightwing from DC Comics, um, which has, you know, a million hits online and uh, a couple other projects that I had produced that were sort of successful. And so I was approached by a, a company here that was looking to collaborate with some new creators um, and I, they asked me to pitch them some projects. And so I, we actually pitched them four different shows and the wrestling show was by far the least developed show i basically just had an idea for what i wanted the show to be the other shows all had scripts and you know pitches and they were more fleshed out right but i was so passionate about the wrestling one because obviously i spent you know 10 years in that business and so they called i remember they called me and they were like oh we so yeah we want to pick up your wrestling show we want to fund your 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 tv show and I'm, you know, for like 10 seconds, I was like, man, this is the best day ever, man. Like, you know, you've chased that forever, right? It's like, someone's actually going to give me money to make my show. And then the panic sets in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, we don't even have a script yet. And we had, because the way that the money was structured, we had to, you had to spend it by, like, they have certain budgets for each year, right? So they're like, you know, you have this many months to write and produce and edit and deliver this whole show so I'm like oh man there's no scripts yet so anyway then it was like just a mad dash for you know six or eight months or whatever to try to make the show so yeah,
2: yeah so really I, I loved it because I was able to actually watch the whole show an hour before we actually started talking which was great <laughs> it's
3: a fresh- seven,
2: seven episodes in 10 minutes it was beautiful yeah. Uh, I want to talk to you about the actual making of it, though. Did you actually make it as a seven series, uh, sorry, seven episode series, or did you write the the show as a one hour and something movie and then break or break and break everything up?
0: We we wrote it as uh, as an episodic because we wanted to make sure that every episode also had its own arc. So if you write it as a movie it's, and then to try to split it up, it's a little bit tougher because the yeah. narrative doesn't really make sense. So, you know, that's like, for example, my favorite episode is episode five where the two guys are locked in the storage closet together. Uh, and to- <laughs> but, but like stuff like that, that wouldn't really work in a movie, you know, because it's too contained, right? So yeah, we wrote it episode by episode, but we actually only wrote six scripts. But what happened was the sixth script ended up being so long uh, that we cut it into two episodes. So that's why there's seven. That's why it's a kind of a funny number because yeah. uh, it was supposed to be six episodes. But then when we edited the six episodes together, it was about twice as long as all the other episodes. So we we found a way to cut it that made sense. Uh, but yeah, it was
3: written episodically. And uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of really good elements um, that wrestling fans are gonna pick up on, um,
5: sure.
3: including, you talked about episode five, where you had the dirt cheat writer come in. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that's why she's one of my favorite like small characters in the whole series. Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah, she, you know it's funny because so the the two guys that um that wrote the show uh, with me, Matt Ewert and, and Mike Howrunner are their names, great writers, but neither of them are wrestling fans, and I I kind of specifically wanted that actually because I didn't I didn't want to write a show that was too insider, you know so. Yeah. I know all the inside terms, you know, I still, to this day, listen to, you know, wrestling dirt sheet podcasts every day. And I talk to guys in the industry every day. And so, you know, I'm on the inside. So I have to be careful to not um, to, to remember that I have to, you know, make sure this is a show that's accessible for everyone. So we didn't write it specifically for wrestling fans, but I made sure to sprinkle some things in there that wrestling fans would appreciate. So the fact that the two guys that really wrote the episodes were not wrestling fans I think was actually a benefit there they're just two really funny writers that appreciated the 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 world that we were living in and uh, then I got to go in and kind of sprinkle some of the wrestling stuff in
4: yeah well my my wife doesn't like wrestling at all even though I probably watch four or five hours a week of it and I think it was episode one or two the the Nickelback photograph gag (laughs) we we paused and rewired around that 10-15 times losing our mind um, awesome. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's got elements for yeah the non wrestling fan. That's for sure.
0: Totally. Yeah. And and we were also you know we, we did pitch this show to some of the bigger TV networks and stuff. And so we wanted to make sure that it was accessible and it wasn't just a hardcore wrestling audience because the you know the hardcore wrestling audience is is uh, is not as big as it used to be. So we don't want to just make the show for that audience. We want to make sure that. And that's, and that's also, it's... you know, our main character Audrey. You know, her, she was sort of our eyes to come into this world because she doesn't like wrestling. She doesn't know anything about wrestling. So her, her character is our entrance into that world where then we can laugh with her and say like, wow, look at all these stupid idiots in this world and their spandex, right? Uh, so she was the audience's eyes to come into the story.
2: How close to real life, and I know you said you didn't write it as a wrestling show, but how close to real life is it to wrestling in Canada? Are there many smaller indie shows like that that actually have deals with PBS stations? Um, not many, but there have been. So, like when we did the
0: the Stampede Wrestling relaunch, they had briefly had a TV deal with um, with a, a local Alberta kind of TV company that aired on like Saturday mornings. And then when we did that that Power Zone Wrestling in Lethbridge, that I where I wrestled Carlo, they also had some type of a deal where they would literally air like like they'd have like a 10 minute time slot every week. And so they would air like one match every week yeah. and the, the promoter would do commentary over top of it and stuff. And so it, it does happen. Um, but, you know, I don't really know many people that have like an actual TV show like that. So that was a little bit of a stretch, but but not, but not impossible. Um, and then the arena that we wrestled in um, was really cool. We built that ourselves. Like we had a school, we had a, we had a shut down elementary school, which was the best thing ever because we built all of our sets in there. And then we also had our production offices and stuff. So we shot, you know, 90% of the show in this school. And uh, so we built the, the actual wrestling arena. Um, you know, Mike who like I said, is one of the writers, also production design the show. And he did a fantastic job of like turning this empty school into like a, a wrestling arena, right? Did right down to like, we made all the posters on the walls and everything like super, you know, he did a great job.
2: Oh, so that's really interesting because in the show, for those that haven't seen it, the actual setting is a wrestling ring inside an old school. And you're telling us that you actually, that's what it was. Exactly. So I think originally in the script,
0: it was like a beat up old TV studio. And then we changed it because Glow came out. And I think Glow takes yeah. place in old TV studio. So that was one of the reasons. And the other reason was we found this actual shutdown school in Calgary where we filmed the show. And so we said, let's just make Perfect. it a school. Yeah. yeah why not i mean what's, it doesn't matter to the story it's not that you know no, exactly it kind of worked right
3: where did you find such a shitty ring yeah,
0: so <laughs> the, the, the ring the ring was one of the most stressful parts about the show so uh in alberta so so we live in vancouver myself and the other producers and most of the main actors live in vancouver uh, but we wanted to shoot the show in calgary for for various reasons so we flew everyone out to Calgary for, you know, three weeks and, and stayed out there to shoot the show, but wrestling, as I'm sure you guys have heard indie wrestling is like the most hilariously pathetically uh, political thing. And so I contacted every wrestling promoter in Alberta and I said, I will pay you to rent your rent for two weeks. None of you guys have shows in the time that we're shooting this thing. You don't need your ring; it's just sitting in storage. And every wrestling promoter was like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, are you guys like filming? Like, are you guys like do make, making your own promotion or something? Like, I don't want to like rent my ring out if you're gonna make like a rival. Prom-. I'm like, no, we're not. We're not even wrestling in it. We're just it's in the background of the of the movie. I'll pay you to just set it up and leave it there for drinks. And nobody would do it. Nobody would rent us rent us the ring. Like, I will give you money for you don't have to do anything. Um, and I don't know, it was weird. They were all freaked out. They all like thought I was like, going like, to start my own promotion or something. And like, oh, Do you need I, wrestlers? We can, we can give you wrestlers. We can. <laughs> a group of actors dressed as wrestlers. Like, this is not a wrestler. So anyway, so <laughs> we ended up, we ended up, I got so tired of dealing with the indie wrestling promoters, most of whom I had worked with years and years ago. Right? I just thought they were so fucking stupid. So I contacted a boxing studio and I actually rented a boxing ring. Because uh, in the show, there's actually for, for, um, because we use the actors' union, uh, which I'm a part of in Canada, the sister union to SAG, there's a lot of rules around stunts. So if you notice in the show, there's only a few moments in the show where you actually really see any wrestling. Because we had to be careful with it. We couldn't really have a lot of wrestling. Because if we had real wrestling, we had to get stunt doubles for all the performers. And it gets very costly and very time consuming. And it's a pain in the ass with the unions. So we decided that there would be almost no wrestling in the show because the, the main story of the show is the behind the scenes, it's not the wrestling. It's like when you watch 30 Rock, you barely ever see the actual TV show they're producing. And when you do, it's really bad. So you know, we rented a boxing ring because we knew that we weren't really gonna be bumping anyway. Um, and a boxing ring is notoriously very hard because it doesn't bounce, right? So the ropes are loose and the canvas is like concrete. Uh, but luckily we weren't really wrestling. which makes one of I, my,
2: I was gonna say makes one of my funniest scenes in the whole show even more funnier now and, and understandable and it's the one where Ron the referee breaks his yeah. nose and then he tries oh, yeah. to hop into the ring and falls yeah. over and tries to get through and just gets hooked up yeah. and it's more understandable now if you weren't using a <laughs> wrestling ring as to why that happened.
4: So
0: good
2: yeah and hes he's he's, he's the funniest
4: character in the show. he's great. Now you got there's so many weird, wonderful, outrageous characters in the in the whole in the whole show. After the the initial airing of the show, did you have any guys that you worked with over the years, private message you and say, "Is that <laughs> based on me or uh, some of the crazy characters?" No, I would say that um, you know we we tried to not
0: specifically base anyone on any particular person but although i certainly would say that i pulled influence from people that i worked with over the years but i I will say that we we did take some inspiration for the character of sexton oh (laughs) i was gonna gonna... certainly inspired by teddy hart uh who who i have had many dealings with over the years um and yeah so there's definitely some inspiration there so again he's not he's not completely based on teddy by any means i don't want teddy to call me and read
3: me out or whatever but he, i he doubt you'll hear this there's definitely some inspiration <laughs> yeah there's some inspiration um yeah look uh, i i found the show uh randomly when i was uh, i was sick and i was up wasn't sleeping at all and it was the middle of the night and i just googled wrestling shows on amazon and and found your show and um and watched it in basically one sitting and and really uh, really I was taken by it because I like um I like stupid crazy humor and it appealed to me for sure. Yeah, well, I'm glad I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. It's, um, it,
0: it's a tough. It's you know it's tough in this world to sort of get people to watch the show because it's there's so much stuff out there and we don't have you know a big marketing budget like other TV shows do. So, you know, I've been on the Wrestling Observer Radio and uh, Paul, one of the other main actors, he was on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast talking about it. And Chris Jericho mentioned it on his podcast, which was really cool. You know, so sometimes you get like a little bit of press like that, but it's tough to, to really get it out there. So it does take some word of mouth for sure.
3: How did you go with, you've got um, classically trained actors that you've hired for the parts and then you've got to explain to them a little bit of what this crazy world of wrestling that they're portraying is for sure. Yeah. I mean, some of the,
0: some of the actors that we hired were actually pretty big wrestling fans. So uh, like Peter Chow who plays Reznor midnight, the Gothic guy. Uh, And Peter, Peter Chow is like a really famous YouTuber. You know, he's got a million subscribers on YouTube. And so he's fantastic, but he's actually a big wrestling fan. I actually kind of met him through wrestling. So, you know, he was a big wrestling fan and then Paul who plays Duke, uh, was yeah. a wrestler for many years and a very accomplished stuntman and MMA fighter and, 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 you know, broke in with Lance Storm and Jericho and all those guys. So he, he was, a, you know, we wanted to cast him because he was, I mean, first of all, he's great in his part, but second of all, he really understands wrestling. So I think that, and then the other actors that didn't know anything about wrestling, I sent them a couple like documentaries to watch wrestling with shadows and the wrestler and all that kind of stuff. And I said, you know, this is the depressing side of wrestling, but we're going to go the funny side of wrestling. And so, yeah, they, they, they kind of learned enough. And I think just the our passion about the project was contagious enough to them that they ended up kind of loving that world.
2: I have to ask you about Paul Lazenby. You just mentioned him or- there. We, uh, of course, the first James Bond was an Australian, George Lazenby. There's yep. no relation? I don't think there's any relation, no. Okay. Yeah. Just thought I'd ask. I was trying to get a striding connection.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Carlos, enough, Tony. Yeah, that's true. Good. Yeah. Good, and to Neil. Um, is
4: there, is there plans for a second season? And if there is, can we get Lance Storm in more than a little cameo? So we can uh, <laughs> his dry sense of humour that you know people hear him weekly with Alvarez and stuff like that. He can right. bring that to the screen. Absolutely. I,
0: I'd love to get Lance's character back. So I would love to do a second season. Uh, we're sort of, you know, in that place of trying to find the funding to do it. You know, it's, it's never cheap to make anything. And, and this is even, even at, um, only about 90 or 95 minutes total, you know, it's still quite an expensive project to, to produce. So we're sort of looking for that right partner or someone to co-produce it with or or some some kind of funding source. And of course, you know, there is a fair amount of wrestling content out there right now. You know, GLOW has just been canceled, but GLOW was on the air for many years uh, and a lot of channels. You know, Stephen Amell's TV show, Heels, just got picked up with stars that's filming in Atlanta right now. Uh, There's various other kind of wrestling related shows that are already out there. So we've had some trouble kind of trying to find a home to do a second season but we certainly have ideas for the the, the scripts and I'd love to see Lance back. Um, We did, unfortunately, uh, tragically lose one of our main actors. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, Garrett Winston who played the villain Blake lasers uh, actually passed away a couple months after we filmed Joe. Uh, So, um, you know, that was really tragic, Uh, but uh, yeah. So, you know,
2: hopefully there's,
0: there's more episodes in the future
2: for sure. You mentioned you pitched four ideas, and this is the one that got up, the one you didn't think that would. What happened to the other three? Well, what's happening with the other three? I'm trying to remember. Uh, one, is a, one is a
0: show that we filmed a, a teaser trailer for that's really fun called Dumbbells, which is a comedy in a gym. So it's sort of like The Office, but it's set in a gym. It's about this group of really dumb personal trainers. Oh, clever. Uh, everyone, nice. Everyone's hot and dumb. Uh, And Paul is in that show as well, actually. So we shot a teaser for that. Uh, Another one of the other shows is a comedy set in the world of esports, And the other one was was a horror comedy. So, yeah, same thing. We're sort of pitching those around and redeveloping them and rewriting scripts. And, you know, we're always kind of crafting. We had a few other projects that we're developing right now. We just signed a deal to produce a new show, um, which I'm not allowed to talk about yet. uh, But it's actually, it's an audio drama. So it's a, it's a completely, uh, it's a podcast that you listen to, but it's scripted. Nice. So, you know, actors in the studio, music, sound effects, kind of like an old radio play. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. We're, we're currently producing that right now, but I, I um, until the press release comes out, I can't talk about it, but it's, uh, um, so, that, so we're kind of knee deep in that. But we have a few other things that we're developing with, um, hopefully to get to TP to networks.
3: It's a, it's a great world for content producers right now, because there's so many avenues to get, um, to get shows made and you've got audio, you've got video, you've got video on demand. So, um, it it must be a a great time to be creating um, projects. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's really
0: a really exciting time in the industry with all the streaming networks and stuff. I mean, it's still incredibly competitive, you know, even though there is more people buying, there's also, you know, a hundred thousand, Pitching. so it's it's uh it's certainly still very competitive, but the fact that we've got to make several shows now is really great, and, and we've got a really nice little body of work, and I think now we're just trying to trying to get that next bigger one. You know, we want to have a show, you know, a full length, whether it's twenty two minute comedy or whatever, uh, on the air for sure. Yeah, that's kind of our next step, I think.
4: Fantastic. And how, okay, yeah, how was the uh, the the pandemic? Uh, in Vancouver you know obviously it's a global pandemic how's that affected work and and things like that over there for you guys yeah so I mean the film industry shut down
0: for a few months here but it actually was a little bit of a, of a blessing in disguise in, in one sense in the fact that myself and, and Mike who I mostly write with we were actually able to write a bunch of the stuff that we hadn't had time to write before so Mike works full-time uh, on a tv show called Batwoman on the CW And so he's very busy with that show a lot of the time. So we don't have, you know, we try to write together once or twice a week, but, you know, sometimes it's very difficult with his schedule and my schedule. So that when during lockdown, it was actually kind of great because we would like meet every day on Zoom and, and write scripts and develop shows and pitches and stuff. And so now we have kind of a backlog of stuff that we can pitch out there and some of the scripts that we're developing right now that we were able to work on. So it's kind of a kind of nice. But I mean, the film industry started back up again a few months ago. So you know, I'm back to regularly auditioning and all that stuff. And those guys are back on set on the show. So,
2: yeah, we're back. Really appreciate you coming on for a chat with us, mate. We uh, put everyone, focus your attention. If you've got uh, Amazon Prime, if you haven't get the 30 day free trial and you only need one hour to exactly. watch the series, <laughs> as we said, paper champions is what it's called. Seven episodes. They go about 10 minutes each. And it's just nice, easy, funny, watching and uh get out there and have a look at it brady thank you so much for your time mate we wish you all the best with your future with your future projects and send us the links of that second series and we might get you on in the uh the new year to have a chat about that world of hurt season two it's funny because that show was like
0: it came out so long ago but people still ask me about it all the time you know (laughs) i I actually think lance lance tweeted me like an hour ago a joke from that show like he's (laughs) we still talk about it (laughs) Uh, it's a fun show but uh, but yeah I appreciate it guys thanks so much for having me on I, I really hope everyone in Australia watches Paper Champions maybe we'll get to make season 2 on an Australian TV network I actually was pitching the idea to we have a sales agent here that deals with the shows I said we could do Paper Champions in every country because you could have a Japanese version and yeah. a Lucha Libre version and an Australian version and a UK version where there's you know these different little local independent promotions um, and then the characters can cross over. Like it'll be like, you know, the office or something in every different region, right? So it yeah. definitely
3: puts you in contact with, um, with people who know the intricacies of this Australian industry. So um, oh, really, that's I'd for sure. Yeah, and,
2: and believe me, the original paper champions wouldn't be too much different to what you'd shoot here in Australia. We're still <laughs> a lot of drunken wrestlers down here
0: and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I'll, I'll make Carlo uh,
2: uh, cast all my wrestlers. Oh, yes. He's got a few at his school that could definitely play some of the parks. Uh, No doubt. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it, Brady. Thanks so much, guys. Brady Roberts joining us here on the Turnbuckle. Welcome back, part two of the show. Yes, yes. Uh, Brady so Rawlings so is great, fantastic, boys. So Brady <laughs> Roberts.
3: Brady, Brady Roberts. Sorry. Brady Rawlings. I would, have accepted, I, would have expected, I would have accepted Brady Malibu, but Brady Rawlings is the guy who's ruining the North Melbourne Footy Club at the moment. Yeah. Uh, a, uh, he's a, he's a, good, what a What a great bloke. Yeah, good guy. Yeah. Um, and um, I will hopefully have remembered to put the links to um, the World of Hurt Season 2 into the no, episode yes. notes. So you'll be able to check those episodes out um, with Brady and Roddy Piper. Yes. Is, Excellent. I watched Episode 1 and it's um, it's very good. Excellent.
2: All right, time to catch up with uh, the remainder of our interviews from the interviews that we did when we interviewed a lot of wrestlers last Weekend at the Deathmatch Down Under interview day. Let's get to those interviews right now. All right, boys, uh, catching up with two gentlemen who... We've, have, we haven't spoken to one of them for quite a while. And that'll be <laughs> Funtime Phil, the other one we spoke to last week in JXT. Gentlemen, welcome. The launch of Deathmatch Down Under. We spoke to you about it last week. Josh, Phil, exciting stuff.
1: Sure is. Um, I don't think... There's been a promotion that has ever focused primarily, well, not just primarily, but um has a really main focus in deathmatch wrestling in Australia. That, from that I know of, I know of, you know, death matches in the past that have happened here, but not a promotion that has uh, focused on the type of wrestling that deathmatch down under is. And you're a fan of that style of wrestling,
3: so it must be good to. Have a promotion that's going to cater to, to different audiences
1: uh, it, look I am a fan of deathmatch wrestling a um, deathmatch wrestling was the first sort of independent wrestling that I ever watched um, but and it is it's, it's cool because I mean every, there's you know everyone's got their own different philosophies with wrestling and what they like watching and stuff like that i'm just a fan of wrestling so um, having that With Deathmatch Down Under bringing that to the table here, especially with Australia not having that, you know, at all. um, That's a really cool thing. It's interesting to see how it will all go and how it will translate to the Australian market. Um, You know, I have my... Sometimes I'm a bit cautious about it because it is such a real niche thing and it is quite, quite a violent, you know, style. So how it will go, I'm not sure, but... I hope, but the guys here, like, they've, every precaution they're taking, um, you know, medicals, you know, I've had to fill out more forms here than, like, applying for Centrelink, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's so many fucking forms i got to fill out, um, that, um, they've clearly thought about everything. So, like, everything that I've had a sort of concern with and asked, like, yeah, we got this. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. So, every, I'm, I feel very confident that they're going to do really well with it. Um, I'm just... Keen to see it especially once once it becomes like once it goes to practice.
3: Now you two are wearing um, shirts that I haven't seen before.
5: Um, you
3: you're, you're nice and matching and you're looking fantastic. Um, one's blacklisted more, one's more tanned than the other though. Sure. Well, you more well, tanned. We are, well, we are both tan. You're a lot is, more tanned yeah, than yeah, when we yeah. spoke to you last week. Much, <laughs> uh, much more tanned. Much
6: more
3: tanned than last week, yes. Um, blacklisted, what's what's blacklisted?
6: Um, This was an idea we came up with almost last year, almost towards the end of last year. uh, Both, you know, Big Rig and myself, we found ourselves almost on the outer of certain promotions and it was almost like the cool kids didn't like us anymore. And we were like, we want to... Obviously, we love wrestling. This is our life. And this was before the school was a thing, before Deathmatch and Under was even a thing. And we're like, we want to... Unite And almost Stop letting this happen So we decided That the two of us With some other friends That will hopefully Come in later That Blacklisted Was a name we We're going to go with And regardless of What the show was Or the promotion That we're always Blacklisted That is our group And that is our thing So regardless of If it's a single thing Or a tag thing Or we're together That as a group This is us Because we've been Shunned by a lot of places And we've sort of United from that So yeah so, As a big uh, WCW And NWO fan The third man
4: Any chance of being Mabel?
6: Uh,
4: I don't know about you, but do you reckon Mabel or who
6: would be if a good fit? If we can reincarnate him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Maybe Mo might be better.
1: No, no let's Mo. get Oscar. Well,
6: Mr. Eric Sims from the E to the SS was doing Mo seminars recently on Facebook, so maybe we can hit him up. Sure But now nah, blacklisted is our thing Because yeah Like we would have other wrestlers go Oh, I heard you're blacklisted from this place Or Oh, I heard WWE blacklisted you. Oh yeah, well then why did they email me? Yeah. So like Yeah Impacing was, it it was, such, it was a real thing Like there was like I was getting a lot of other wrestlers Be like Oh, you're blacklisted from WWE And then I had a trial like two months later And I was like There's something real that's happened And if it's going to cause such a stir Just within the wrestlers Imagine if we could do something like that On a broader scale With fans and everyone involved So yeah I got blacklisted from SEN, so if you're looking
3: for a manager, ah. that could
6: probably help out. Up yours, Hachi
3: You've been blacklisted from a number of pubs in Melbourne as well. That's true. Oh. <laughs>
6: That is true. It's <laughs> hey, just... now, he, with Shebexta, I'm the same. Man. How many times we go out I get I get barred from clubs? Yeah, all the time. Dude, it's the dreads. They hate dreads. It's either something about me, or they're like, oh, yous can all come in, but your mate with the dreads can't. I'm like, why? What did yeah, I no. do wrong?
2: That's the problem I had, it was the dreads. <laughs>
6: yeah. Good thing you I've been dog
3: them, with me. it all my life.
6: I'm starting a new crew. It's, it's a blacklisted wolf pack and it's me and Shebexta. <laughs> <you>. I'm the... <laughs>
3: This is the most popular you've ever been. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. You'd be playing this for your kids.
7: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um
4: new promotion obviously it's going to be aimed at adults being eighteen plus. Yeah.
6: You'd hope you ex- so. You, 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 you ex- <laughs> if it's not... If it's not <laughs> we can't...
3: Oh, man. I went to a BCW show, and it was a, it was a family-friendly show with a death match at the end, so... Yeah. See, see that's, that was that my
1: is the problem. That was yeah. like, oh... At least these guys, it was like, death matches in the name, so it's like, you know what you're going to yeah, get. Sure. I said this last week, but like... You go
6: to a strip club and people strip and take their clothes off. That's the idea. It's called a strip club, but that's not all that's in there. But you need to be aware of what's happening. Pretty
3: much all that's in there. Nah,
6: nah, nah. You can have a lot of fun in a strip (laughs) club, trust me. But like the point is that yeah, like you need to be like upfront, and uh, this is what's happening, and this is not for kids, and it's not. And I think one of the biggest problems with wrestling... Like, I have a lot... Like, me and, like, Big Ricky have friends that are our age that fell out of wrestling. And it's not because wrestling got worse, but wrestling's gotten better. But it's because they stopped catering to adults. And it became so kid-oriented. So, well, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm an adult. And as a kid, what drew me in was it was for adults. You know? So, like, we grew up on telling people to suck it. Horrible. But, like, we were, like, it's adult... I guess, man. yeah, it's adult content. And I was like, that's what made it cool. And well, that's why Austin took off. He's drinking beers in the ring.
1: But it's also like that whole... Like, the Attitude Era was popular because I feel like, in my opinion, the people that had started watching wrestling probably in the late 80s, early 90s, when they were children, they grew up. And then the product changed. It's regressed in, yes. in age group, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, And then the, that's the thing. It's now catered to... I guess your mainstream wrestling is definitely catered to families and children and stuff like that, however it just it doesn't sort of age with them it sort of stays the same, so these kids or well, these people that probably get to a certain age unless they're real diehards, they'll just stay with it but then, you know, like I have cousins who I started watching wrestling with uh, well, they started, they were younger than me, they started watching wrestling and it didn't sort of grow up with them so they just like, ah, oh, they sort of got over it because it just, they felt it was too childish so does that mean you can develop your character in a whole new area in an adult-only show? Oh, definitely. Like, yes, on a short term, pe- yes, big time. You know, like it's the same with like you know other eighteen-plus shows like a Wrestle Rock and stuff like that, where we can sort of have a little bit more freedom. What we even like the old um, uh, underground, underground yeah, wrestling. Yeah. yeah, they had that was eighteen plus, so we can have a little bit more. But it's freedom. not
6: just like oh, we can say fuck.
1: Yeah. Like I mean, that, you could say that anywhere yeah
6: you can say that yeah. anywhere and it doesn't it's not It's not about that it's about the C word is something that you can but like it's more so the way you can portray your character you know JXC doesn't have to come out with Sandstorm and Glow Sticks and Dance and be like yay kids let's go because there's a there is a market for that and, and there's I a promotion into for you to do that. that yeah and I was very happy to do that but I also understand that when we do these shows like and as a character it's awesome for myself because it's time to mature and evolve and We don't have to do that anymore. Like, the kids are going to be there. We we know how to work with that. But this is a time to sort of go back to, like we said, when people who were our age... You know, and we can, adults that can come to the shows and be like, hey, this is cool. Hey, I'm going to bring my friends. And you don't have to be a wrestling fan, but if you're an adult, you can respect another wow, way I'm not into wrestling because that stuff on TV is a bit corny, but whatever I'm doing here in
1: Melbourne at the Arrow on Swanson Street, that's cool. And the same thing, it's like even when wrestling, when we were wrestling every weekend, you know, 99% of the places we wrestled family shows so when we have a place like you know a deathmatch down under or a wrestle rock and stuff where you know it's 18 plus it just gives us a little bit more variety like just as performers it's like something we can do something else you know and it just takes that restraint off a little bit we can just try things you know and I guess to add to that like it's
6: working it's easier to work for children because like you can work a children's party like they're children but, like, just send a to, clown in. That's why, yeah. It's why it's easier to work for Lyle. Exactly, you yeah. <laughs> know? <laughs> bring your wrestling figures, mate, I'll buy them <laughs> all. I need more. <laughs> but, yeah, to, to convince an adult to come and to enjoy it is so much harder. Yeah. And I think that, as performers and artists, is almost the challenge. So, like, this is cool. Like, how can we make an adult who isn't a child and isn't, like, like, wowed with the big lights and the flashy
3: colours like, and then acting. I'm actually seeing wrestling up close because that's part of it for a child is yeah. they've never been this close to wrestling exactly mm-hmm. when I was a kid and I seen Johnny Parks in the flesh I was like wow he is God
6: but like yeah just convincing an adult who has had life experience to be like wow this is cool and to convince them to bring their friends and spend like, their money such a, such a bigger challenge
1: which yeah I'm excited totally- it's also um, like that sub-genre of um of wrestling that I enjoy like I'm a big fan of like extreme metal music like death metal black metal and stuff like that really? yeah <laughs> no <laughs> <not>. <laughs> um, so like having that you know I guess in the heavy metal wrestling stuff you know the more neat the underground the cool under- scene so it's like people that don't necessarily like you know Iron Maiden will probably like, you know, Cannibal Corpse or something. So this is like the Cannibal Corpse of the Iron Maiden that is wrestling, I guess. Uriah Heep? Go away.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's why Shebex is Wolfpack and you're Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) But but you guys working together every day at the moment... Yeah, I'm still looking at him. But how much opportunity have you guys got to throw ideas and things like that at each other that you can bring to the ring?
6: Well, to be fair, regardless of, like... To let the school of pro wrestling or not like we were always doing this anyway like you have your friends like in your close circles within wrestling you bounce your ideas off and this is what I'm thinking what do you think you know and the closer you are the more harsh you are like we had we, we tried to do a photo shoot recently at the school and like we were harsh with each other like yeah, you but- need to do this you need that and we came today we fixed all those things and everyone else he was like oh wow you did this and you've done that and if they seen us two weeks ago we did our own little oh, shit. oh it was shit <laughs> it was the shits <laughs> but that's why you have that so um I think just in general having that to bounce off is to be fair like helped me a lot like anytime I do anything I'll send it to Phil I'll send it to Jake I'll send it to a few of the other boys like what do you think and that's you know yeah, that's how you like you friends in the business but that's how you progress
3: you know? yeah but well, you don't want sycophants who just say that everything you've got as an idea is awesome you no. need someone to pull you back and, or yeah. redirect you because your idea could be 80% yeah. right and just a slight redirection and yeah, and oh, you're kicking definitely.
1: Like I hate, um, like anytime time we'd wrestle, like if not wrestling each other, we wrestle in another match. Yeah. Um, like uh, JXT had a match last year, I think um, that I didn't, uh, that I thought sucked. He came backstage before um, I
6: asked Phil everyone else was like oh good match man yeah, that was yeah. so good and then I'm like and oh I wait feel. till we get
3: in the car
1: and then we got in the
6: car <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, because I know this part that's, that's what thing. my mum used to say
3: after <laughs> my football games
6: but then everyone's like oh yeah it was so good and then you get to Phil like how, how was it really and he goes "Talk to you in the car <laughs> He goes, <laughs> hey, gym, and, man. and it was just like oh so how
1: was it That was fucking shit man
6: <laughs> what are you doing but also too like you gotta understand like locker room politics regardless of if you're like oh like there's nothing there's no such thing as no politics but like if people People, like manual match sucked and everyone has seen someone say that like, yeah
1: you can not really, want
6: that whereas you know when, you have, when you're closer with people yeah you got to have those people that you can bounce off and hopefully with our school anyone that trains with us can come to us and we can do the same with them because I honestly between the two of us and even Jake and a few of our other friends like having that harsh feedback from each yeah. other has helped
1: us immensely and when you say harsh it's constructive constructive yeah, it's always. not like I'm know, motherfucker what the you fuck are you are useless you are useless yeah, be, yeah fucking learn how to bump no, I just I hate you like and think you
6: shit but nah it's like you did this and I thought that I didn't like it it didn't, it didn't connect it didn't work this is why and this is how you should fix it and then we'll talk to like, oh what if I did this I want to you know and, and learn
3: how to take a bump and yeah. learn how to take <laughs> yes. a bump you'll be taking a bump so <laughs> let, <laughs> me. <laughs> let me tell you at
6: the school we do like we have to train people to bump I'm the one taking all the bumps here. Oh yeah, That's I worked myself too. into a That's shoot. Smart. That's dedication. Very, very but, but to be fair, I was like, all oh, right, this is how I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to train every night of the week, and then when it comes to Thursday, and I'm like, how's that working out? Speaking for you? of <laughs> losing
3: weight, it's looking good. You're looking great. He too. is
6: no longer the bingery. As, as one
2: of only three vegan wrestlers in the world.
3: <laughs> oh, Richie God, Taylor. You know, Richie Taylor. Jack, of, Jack
2: of, Sabre, Jones. And of of like. Sabre Jones. You haven't heard of him.
6: Jack, Jones. Like you're Jack really. Sabre Jones. Jack Sabre Jones. <laughs> Jack Sabre
2: Jones. <laughs> you know who I mean. And you. Look at God. There's a few more.
7: The, the whole is there NXT, NXT UK. The whole NXT UK.
2: Charlie Evans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. As one of many... Vegan wrestlers <laughs> A growing list.
7: A growing
2: list. Uh, yeah, look, how did you give up seven packets of potato chips
1: a day? And oh, KFC. Oh. Um, it was actually when we sort of came back from Alaska. What was the girl's name? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <got it>. JXT. <laughs>
6: <laughs> it makes him a point, but I did, I took him to Alaska and I told him I said I'm warning you, in America, their food sucks. It's it does. all makes you feel sick, yeah. it's all overly mm. processed Tony likes mm.
1: No, no, no. Dude. No, dude, man. I purposely <laughs> said it's two like, days <laughs> on there and then it's and then
6: just, you're done. Uh, yeah, dude, I, exactly. Taco Bell, I didn't finish my meal and I was in the Dude, taco. I thought like, I thought I had an iron
3: stomach. I went there, I that was next too. level. I said yeah. we're
6: gonna eat we're gonna eat American KFC, American Maccas, and you're gonna experience it, just so you know. All they don't have the
3: standards we have here.
1: No, here. <laughs> so bad. Maybe I I don't know, like everything that I had asked it was like their their bacon. Their bacon is like cardboard. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. you yeah. can break it off someone's head. Mind well, you, Hungry Jacks has the same bacon. Yeah. <laughs> like the burgers are better, not the bacon. <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, just the food was terrible. I got back home, and I had real bad acid reflux. He so said, he goes,
6: I'm never eating fast food again. And I was like, yeah, sure.
1: And then, um, I think I had something here, and I still had real bad acid. And it's now, bad, isn't
3: it? Like, acid reflux is the So bad. Like, I'd
6: we'll wake up from, in the morning, like, I'm going to ambulance. Hey, for you're fucks. speaking uh, to an IBS brother. here, man.
1: all over. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was... And then after talking to a few friends and so first I did it because of health and then I was talking to other friends who were into it and then I'm, then they showed me a bunch of videos and I'm like ah, I don't want to do it anymore so then that's pretty much it so I've lost about 10, 10 kilos oh, no. I think the really best good. thing was
6: like he never like tracked what he ate Mm-hmm. He was never like Oh it's like I'm going to eat a little less Whatever But he never like Because I always like my, These are my macros Monday to Friday I need to eat this And he'd never like Actually tracked what he ate So because mm-hmm. he had to Make sure he, what he was doing Was vegan He had to track
1: what he was eating Well, Which yeah, made the world a difference And there was that as well And also um, Just in the lockdown I got really bored So I'm like I want to get abs And then I'm like So I started tracking How I ate I'm like This is really hard (laughs) (laughs) Those (laughs)
6: calories add up Oh dude man Now I know why I'm just just so stressed Sauce like
1: Can I put this on
6: this
5: Sauce (laughs) is bad Sauce (laughs) is just salt and sugar
6: Yeah. That's why
3: Nano's peri peri mild (laughs) But even Even things like um, You think that Buying corn chips Would be easy For nachos But that's every corn chip on the shelf Says may contain animal product
1: Yeah exactly It's like The may is the trick But it was like Yeah literally Like there's like Oh this c- contains Like Smith's chips Has like they, The crinkle cuts Are made like Because they Soak it in milk and shit And I'm like What? Surely you can't Fucking cut it Like you can cut it I can do that myself Do you want me to do it for you? <laughs> like what do you need the milk?
6: <laughs> what do you
3: miss the most?
6: probably KFC
1: okay, that's um, why I said
6: KFC man he's like, KFC, he was a big
1: KFC dude. KFC and um, I missed the convenience like yeah. it was just so much easier yeah. so now any anytime I go somewhere I have to sort of look at the menu if I can't, like if we were meeting with friends or something and I go to the place like, oh I can have the garden salad man but you got an extra
3: excuse to not go to things and that's awesome
1: oh yeah, it's yeah. so good he's the opposite <laughs> to me I will like go to
6: everything I always want to be out I hate staying home he's like you I go to the opening of a letter, old.
3: don't you? Sorry? You go to the opening
6: of a letter. Mate, I'll go to the letter, right? It's like, hey, well, you're invited. I'm there. Yeah. What is it? What
1: is it? <laughs> um, yeah, when well, did we get there? Mean, like, you like, awesome. When I was like a teenager,
6: you know how many parties I stuck in who I wasn't invited to? Yeah. Man, I can imagine. So, oh, so good.
1: How many you... You know how many parties I didn't go to that I was invited <laughs> to? Oh, sorry, I can't come. If Why you Philip I you in high school you could have gone I would have went parties. for Philip. Yeah. yeah. Smackdown was on, I can't come. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I actually did that once, I didn't go to a deb because Smackdown was on.
8: It was his deb. deb. Here's yeah. sums
6: <laughs> us up. Philip didn't go to his deb because Smackdown was on. I did two deb's two years in a row. Because Smackdown was on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey boys, great
2: to have you. Thank you so much for your time today. Phil, you're looking great. Thanks. Keep it up, I Look forward to seeing you on the ring. Too. Oh, uh, you look better than you did five, don't
7: you? I used to be so Yeah,
2: no, let's get some yes, obvious All right, joining us for a chat is uh, a lady that we spoke to a couple of weeks ago But great to catch up with her here also At this uh, great announcement of a death match down under Asia.
3: Our listener
2: Our one <laughs> listener, exactly uh, Fantastic stuff it, it, Today's really gone well uh, Tell us about the day
5: um, yeah, it's been really good, um, especially seeing everyone from wrestling because it's been months like uh, um, since I've seen everyone. Um, so it's really cool. It was really weird, like because we did photo shoots and everything. Really weird, just putting on my gear on. It's like it's been ages since I've done this, and just like does talking. it still
3: fit after lockdown?
5: It does. I had concerns about it. <laughs> and, like yeah, I,
3: none of my clothes fit.
5: Really yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say my pants are a little bit tighter, but. We'll work on that before, like, the shows.
3: Good stuff. Um, To be involved with today for us as media has been... um, It's been a unique experience because I haven't seen a promotion launch with such professionalism. What's it been like for a wrestler to be involved in today?
5: Um, It's been great. Um, Everything's really exciting. Just so much care and effort's been, like, put into this, like, beyond what promotions do um like they have all these like messages about like being inclusive and stuff like all over their website um they like they're very transparent having their code of conduct and it's really good to see because I've never seen something like this before and it makes me really excited to be a part of this
2: Yeah we spoke to uh Vixen about that also the fact that the the promotion is very much gender neutral there's mm. no women's division there's no men's division it's just this is wrestling
5: yeah, um, so obviously I have a bit of experience with that so it's great that I have another platform to keep doing that and just get as much experience and opportunities as possible.
3: We spoke to Murdoch earlier and he, he was talking about the opportunity to what Why'd work... you just laugh then? <laughs> <laughs> we was, he was speaking about the opportunity to work in front of a completely different audience to what you and him are used to with mm-hmm. PCW. What's it going to be like to be able to adjust what you do for an adult audience?
5: Um, it's going to be completely different, um, we're, it's, we're like, it's limitless on like what we can do and it's going to be really interesting and there's going to probably be things that we kind of need to like unlearn, I guess, and it'll be really cool, it's like a new opportunity, like new beginnings.
4: Are you looking forward to pushing the boundaries of your character for that over 18 audience as well?
5: Yeah, definitely, um... That resting bitch face. Yeah. In the <laughs> it'll go beyond what you guys have already seen, so it'll be really interesting for the fans. Even for me, like, it'll be interesting to see how far I could go because I don't know.
2: And there will be times, I'm sure, where you'll actually do something you'll think, oh, geez, did I, was was that okay? <laughs> Should I have done that? And, and you will. You'll actually do, start like, to do think of it. About the next night i ignition.
5: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, i got to, like, know where I am.
3: Uh, we spoke to Vixen earlier, and I know that you've had a lot of really good matches with her. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to get you in a deathmatch. Yeah. Uh, how do you, you're relatively scar-free. How would you feel about doing the more hardcore type of work?
5: See, when I say I'm deathmatch ready, I'm ready to like, be in the sidelines, watch it, you know, support it. So it's gonna take me, yeah, like a lot of people are like, are you deathmatch ready? I'm like, yeah, no. to, to support what? it, to watch it. Um, so yeah, it's gonna take a bit of a uh, convincing, but maybe if someone gets me really good or Vixen does really something dirty that makes me want to get into one, maybe. You you never know.
3: You were scared of heights last time we spoke. You (laughs) have gone off pretty high ladders. Yes. Anything's possible, but that's one thing that has been front and centre is the deathmatch wrestling, but people need to understand that this promotion will provide something for everybody.
5: Absolutely, yeah. Um, Well, me and Murdoch were going to be tagging, so we'll be in the tag division, um, and there's going to be pure wrestling and all this stuff, so it's not just deathmatch wrestling. It's it's for everyone, um, for everyone to enjoy.
2: I actually asked Murdoch what his weapon of choice was <laughs> if he was in deathmatch, and he said you.
5: Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: well, you've been used as a weapon.
2: Before. Yeah, I
5: have. Yeah. So I think Correct. that's that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, he's he's not wrong to say that. And yeah, I'm pretty deadly. So yeah.
3: What would be your weapon of choice? Not Murdoch. <laughs> 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 well, Maybe his PS Five.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, no, you wouldn't. Were... No, no, oh, you that, could... that's H's PS5. No, he told it's us. It's ours. Yeah, no, 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 he said it was yours. It's on the okay, podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's
5: mine. Yeah, yeah, it's mine.
2: Christmas present. He's handing it over. It <laughs> <laughs> might not get here till Easter though. True. True.
7: Dark level. Um,
5: oh. What's... Your weapon of choice. Weapon of choice. Just um, oh, I don't
7: know. A knife <laughs> will work well. A knife. A knife.
5: Is that, is that well, you
3: want to be dead
2: Well,
5: Well, barbed like, wire. You can't, barb
3: wire one, you can't go past a barbed wire well,
2: bat. You can't go past a barbed wire like bat. You can't go past the
3: barbed wire.
5: I mean, I've used kendos before, so I guess. So kendos. How much do they hurt? I've never received oh, used one. Used I've them. used them. <laughs> I've used them. I've never received <laughs> that's it. That's smart. So yeah.
3: Yeah, that is. So everything. I guess
5: that's my weapon of choice. Yeah,
3: that's the thing that everyone gets wrong with deathmatch wrestling. If you're good at it, you don't get hit with anything. Yep. So you
4: want to be a good death mattress Yeah, you correct. don't want to
2: be a bad one. Correct. The uh, the year's gone so quick. It's been we we spoke about this a while back. Just how tough the year has been on mm. you guys. But we're now in a situation where we can actually look forward to something yeah, happening.
5: Yeah, it's um it's really weird because it just like happened all of a sudden. I think like when we did this, when I was last on this show, we were like deep into lockdown, yeah. and it's only yeah, two, like two, weeks, two weeks. Yeah, ago. two weeks we were free. So it's been like. Really weird. Now I'm like, oh crap! Now I've got to like do this, do that, get. And it
2: really is only eight weeks until sort of the... I, yeah. I
5: have
3: zero so all... memory of this year. Like I think back, what happened this year, and it all just blurs yeah, into yeah, blurs together.
5: Like it feels like. <clears throat> Like for long years, but it also feels like a very like short amount of time. It's really weird. And yeah. I don't think I've the
3: rest of Australia can even relate to yeah. what's happened in Victoria,
5: yeah.
3: Adelaide.
2: <laughs> Maybe Adelaide for it now yeah. for a couple <laughs> of days. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: Spare me. <laughs>
2: uh, have you got back into training and taking yeah. bumps and all that yeah. sort of stuff? So
5: there was um, no contact training for a couple of weeks. Now we're back into contact, um, having contact. So it'll be good to actually like roll round, um, grapple some people, hit some moves on them. Um, I gouge them. Yeah, it's my favorite move. Yeah. Um, no, I gouge,
3: people like yeah. gouge. yeah, yeah so, so
5: just functions. shaking off like the cobwebs and stuff and just getting back into it.
3: What was yeah. the first bump like?
5: Oh my god I, that was no that was it sucked it yeah? sucked yeah um I was just sore just like everywhere my upper back i had I think I had a headache as well afterwards yeah sounds Ooh.
3: like a training session would go <laughs> 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 who is Welshie's new boxing trainer
5: ah. <laughs> it sucks yeah. you need to get
3: in the ring
4: shape before. Deathmatch uh, Down Under. Yeah, for cool. yeah. sure.
3: Exactly. He's going to get Walsh
2: in the show before then. too far, Hey, Aisha, great to have you on board again. Uh, I know we only spoke to you a few weeks ago, but good to have you here at this uh, launch of this event. Look forward to catching
3: you in the ring in a couple of months' time. We are taking full credit for your career. So we're still at Deathmatch Down Under's media launch day, and we're joined by someone who's pretty key to the development of this product, I think, and that's Callan Butcher. thanks for joining us again uh, yeah this is the second time that I would have been on the podcast yeah it's it's also you're one of the very few people who's already been involved under the banner of Deathmatch Down Under previously you were meant to work the second show that got cancelled for COVID how exciting is it that it's now a fully
8: fledged promotion in Australia it's incredible and like the response from everybody online has been absolutely mind-blowing um like i i expected it to get some traction in victoria but like all all around australia people have been like gravitating like there's been some negative stuff but like Fuck that. yeah majority majority of it's been like incredibly positive and it's just been absolutely mind blowing and yeah like you said the second show was canceled and I'm, i was lucky enough to do the the hangover after the first show with Joel i was ma- i managed to do that one so at least i got a little bit of a taste for it so i know what i'm getting into but, let's
3: talk about that was that your first um death match that no ring death match with one of the well, the pioneer of the no ring death match yeah. casanova valentine and sicko oh, it was um
1: what was it like
3: to
8: have that thrust upon you last minute <laughs> um it was it was pretty pretty nerve-wracking to be honest because i just got the got the message the night before like hey uh two people have had to pull out are you you able to do this now vixen
3: says a death batch takes her half a week to 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 key herself up for (laughs) so what's it
8: like last minute it was i was shitting myself like i was absolutely terrified and then like we're up upstairs right before we went out and i was just a nervous wreck and then we went down there and as soon as my music hit i was good to go and then straight out the baton Myself and Seco Smacks were hitting each other with light tubes, and I was all ready to go. I was in the zone. So in one of Melbourne's more iconic pubs, as well. Yes. Yeah.
3: Um, I can't remember
8: now we're was. at the Tote. The Tote Hotel. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So
3: many a van, many a concert have I been kicked out of at the Tote <laughs> over the years.
2: Many, yeah. many a light tube has been broken. Over
3: yeah, times. but not not in the name no. of wrestling. <laughs> <restaurants>. Exactly right. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Um. We, we, what we've been blown away with is how. Um, Interesting and diverse the roster is at Deathmatch Down Under. Who are you looking forward to mixing it up with who you haven't been on shows with before
8: or seen much of? Uh, anybody and everybody. I've been a big fan of Murdoch and Asia for a long time, ever since I went to like, the first PCW shows that I went to. Um, there's like JXT and Fox. Those guys would be really good to, to learn from. And then there's names like Caveman Ugg, Shazza McKenzie, like...
3: It's stacked, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
8: it's completely stacked. And like to have somebody like myself, and I haven't made much of a name for myself in Melbourne Wrestling, to have somebody like myself as part of the roster is n- incredible.
3: But, I mean, you say you haven't made much of a name for yourself. You've been a mainstay of NAW for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but opportunities like this to branch out are obviously few and far between. And, and how long have you been waiting for a promotion like this to, to actually take a chance on you
8: um so i've been training for six years so and i started wrestling about five years ago so probably about probably our five years i've been waiting for an actual chance to be able to show what i want to do because like i've always been a bit a fan of deathmatch wrestling i haven't been as outspoken as other people have but to be able to finally have this opportunity to do something that i'm passionate about is something i've wanted my entire career and you're quite young yes uh 20, 24. Twenty-four. So yeah.
3: the creative freedom at twenty four to do what you, the type of wrestling you want to do, but also work on your character. Um, how important is that to you?
8: It's it's very important. Um, with COVID and everything, this year I took a long hard look at my career, and like when you first start wrestling, when you start training, people tell you that you got to be larger than life. You got to be you got to be somebody, and I always went out. And tried to pretend that I'm somebody that I'm not. And I think that really negatively affected my career. And so I've just... I, I basically hit a hard reset. I've accepted that in the grand scheme of things, I'm I'm a nobody. And I haven't really done anything to, to prove to myself or, and to everybody else that I'm a somebody. So I'm taking that nobody name and I'm making that part of me. And then hopefully being myself and doing something like this, I can make something somebody out of myself you got a good look and you've
3: got the drive what is the one thing that you've really you think that is going
8: to take you to the next level i i think just i i everywhere else that i've wrestled i'm i'm done with there now this is my only main and only focus in wrestling and even in life now everything that i do is to get to this stage So I'm going to give it absolutely everything that I've got and I know that I've got the talent and the ability and the drive to make, make something out of myself with this and to make Deathmatch Down Under something special and great to be seen all over the world with IWTV. One of the beauties of Deathmatch Down Under
3: for us is that people like you are going to get an opportunity to show Australia and as you mentioned, the world, what you can do. How big is
8: the streaming platform going to be for Australian wrestlers? Massive. IWTV, like, I've been subscribed to it since the first ICW No Holds Barred show. And just whenever those shows are on, you go on Twitter, it's just completely flooded with people talking about it, if if you're following wrestling. It's it's huge. Because um, I, I know that there's some major wrestling promotions, but I feel like they don't get the traction that they should because they're not streaming themselves the right way and IWTV is the premier way in independent wrestling to get yourself noticed and get a name for yourself yeah i I see it as there's two fight tv and this one yeah exactly and and the the benefit of being on IWTV is that it's what like ten dollars a month yeah and it's a subscription and you can watch everything that's on there whereas like fight tv you have to pay (laughs) shitloads. yeah like (laughs) every pay-per-view is like 30 bucks and it's that's why I, I prefer IWTV. So, um, but so it's, everybody should be getting it.
3: And, and the Deathmatch Down
8: Under's first one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like uh, tickets haven't been haven't been launched yet, but I feel like this show is probably going to sell out. Uh, I am hopeful that it's going to sell out. Um, so, if you aren't able to get down, make sure that you get on IWTV so you can check it out. Uh, the, the if you use the code DMDU, you have five days free, so you can just you can watch everything it's that's fixed. on there. It, and there's there's so much to offer. If you like deathmatch wrestling, if you like shoot wrestling, if you like comedy wrestling, there's something for everybody on there. There's more than something. There's lots for everybody.
2: But don't use the code until like the night before the first match, so that way at least you get the first one free, and then you can pay for it after that.
8: If you use
3: it now, you'll want to pay, so it won't matter. That's a good yeah, point. Exactly. Yeah. um exactly. Thank you so much for joining you. <laughs> well, us. I'm a bit drunk, man. <laughs> We're looking forward to seeing yeah. you uh, do a lot more in the next... 12 months, and I can't wait to see what
8: happens with Deathmatch Down Under. Yep, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I listen to the podcast every week, so I'm excited to so see you well, mis- <laughs> <laughs> So I'm excited to see uh, your guys take on everything that you say from DMDU as well. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Thank you. So we're still here at Deathmatch Down Under's Media Day. It's been a fantastic day, and we're joined by Sicko Smacks and Bo Bowman. Welcome for your first trip to on the turnbuckle.
7: Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that it, I was supposed to be on it before, but yeah, COVID happened and um, and Deathmatch Down Under two of oh, the No Ring Show got cancelled. So, COVID so ruined yeah, everything. COVID COVID just ruined everything, and then um and then yeah, I went into retirement and didn't think I'd uh, ever get on here. So but here we are.
3: Now you worked the after show of yep. the first. Deathmatch Down Under Show uh, in a triple threat match with mm-hmm. Casanova Valentine yeah. and with
7: someone who you know really well Kellen Butcher yeah. what was that experience like? Uh, insane <laughs> if I can be completely honest um, I got the how long was it bro? Like Less than 24 hours notice that I was working that match hours so less, less yeah, than that, yeah. I had I'd been prepping myself up um, for the the four-way, which would have been Callan, um, Casanova, Damo and myself, I'd been prepping for that and I had time for that and we got the call that there were two, two free spots and Callan said, hey, we're in. So I didn't actually get approached, I just got told I was doing it. Um, and I'm like, yeah, cool. And we basically, if you have seen the, the footage um, from Casanova versus Joel, you'll see myself, Demo, and Callan are actually, um, I'm behind one of the cameras. Callan's holding up his flannel to stop glass from shooting into people's faces. So we were all running that and holding a full that. way of work. Yeah, we were holding that show together. And then all of us had to run all the way down to the other side of the, like, almost felt like the other side of the town to then go and put on a death match with arguably one of the best death match wrestlers or no ring death match wrestlers that there is in the world um, in my first ever deathmatch um yeah
3: so when you're you're obviously a deathmatch wrestling fan when you're getting the opportunity last minute to work with someone who is so well regarded how hard is it to stop being a fan and stop
7: being a peer um very I guess like it's almost cliche to say but Bo can attest to this for me I completely flip when I put my mask on um that helps me snap out of reality but leading up to it, I mean, I you know, half an hour before my match, I'm marking out watching one of the greatest live death matches I've ever seen between Casanova and Joel, and I'm this massive fan, and then reality kicks in, and I'm like, oh, shit, I have to go out there and do that as well. Um, my only way to snap out of that, really, is to get into character and put my mask on and, um, and just sort of... Yeah, yeah, clicking the gear. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, that's the only way it works for me. It's one of the main reasons why I wear a mask is it helps me really get into my character and break Jeremy away from Sicko and, and separate the two people.
2: But take us through training for a deathmatch match to an extent. It's probably something that you can't really train for. You, you do all your normal wrestling training and all your bumps and all your moves that you would normally do, but I'm sure you don't go into the training and you start waking each other with... Fluoro tubes and all that sort of stuff. That's just something that happens on the night.
8: Well, I'm lucky that I'll be outside, not
1: in the ring, so I'll just duck and weave everything. I'll just be like, nope, nope. <laughs> There's no way you don't cop a light tube. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I
7: mean, you did you did cop uh, in one particular match a thumbtack covered song. Yeah, that was something. Yeah, that was, was, uh, that, that was that was very fall. scary. Like a shoe. One for the foot. Oh, yeah, 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 just, the yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, our our friend Mortar beat the ever-living crap out of Bo with a thumbtack-covered thumb. Yeah, that was well, something, yeah. yeah that it was is good. an
3: underrated Definitely,
7: well. yeah, definitely. Um, Very underrated.
2: Well, Sigal, you might be able to explain it more then because you have been involved in it. Yeah. How do, you, how do you prepare yourself knowing that you're going to cop all this stuff that you,
7: as I said, don't train for? Um, I guess you don't, in a sense. I mean, You just let it happen. You just, you, you can't... To do deathmatch wrestling, you can't be normal, so to speak, and, and what I mean by that is everyone has a reason why they do it. For me, my reason that I do it is essentially I just feel like I have to give everything of myself to wrestling, and if that means I need to turn up the dial and you know, take tubes, take barbed wire, just basically leave everything out there, then that's what I have to do. Um, and where I felt that came from is, um, I don't know, people people have been following on Twitter and stuff, but I really, over the last four years or so, I let my body go dramatically. I put on a shit ton of weight. I was...
1: You lost a lot at one point. You I did, lost I did lot, yeah. and, then, and then you put it back on again. But
7: I wasn't able to... It wasn't consistent. ...perform the way that I wanted to, so I felt that I needed to do other stuff in order to make myself feel like I was worth yeah. being there. But then in doing that too, I also felt like I was treading on the feet of, you know, people like Joel, um people like Damon, people like Colin who are trying to make a name in deathmatch wrestling, because that was, I enjoyed doing it and I loved doing it, but I was doing it because for me, I didn't have to have my athleticism, but I was making a mockery because I didn't realize how athletic and how how much goes into what these guys are doing. They're they're fucking phenomenal. They're so so good at what they do. But I looked at it and thought it would be an easy way out. I found that out the hard way when I stepped in the ring with well no ring but with with Cal and Casanova and realized hey shit this stuff's not easy at all. And that's when I took a hard look at myself and realized. I probably should get my shit in check get my body together and that's what led to me at the start well you know when COVID happened stepping away from wrestling. Now big focus of Deathmatch Down Under is going to be the heavyweight wrestling Mm -hmm. that's obviously
3: something that you're pretty keen to get involved with um what's it going to be like to step in the ring with some of
7: the heavyweights that have already been announced for this company? Um it's going to push me to my absolute limit and that's what I need um I'm, yeah I've made it very clear at this point in time I've got no interest in the deathmatch division I take nothing away from them guys and what they do I'm gonna be for front row watching them do exactly what they're doing enjoying it and um, just watching how great they are but I've got a point to prove I need to prove to myself that I belong in wrestling and I need to do that by going up against some of the best heavyweights. And I won't lie, I'm shitting myself, I'm in over my head, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to perform to the best of my ability. What will a win over a caveman Ugg or a gore mean to your career? Um, Well, when you take into consideration, hypothetically speaking, Ugg is someone who I would love to step in the ring with. Um, He has a worldwide name as it is with going over to Pro Wrestling and Gorilla and, and whatnot. He's known... So many people know him. Um, so for me, on a platform like IWTV, a win over him legitimises me. But not necessarily a win as well, but being able to show I can go toe-to-toe with the best. I arguably, um, and not many people will, you know, disagree with me, with all the... The wrestlers that have moved on from australia and been signed to other countries and stuff like that i i I honestly think that ugg is the best heavyweight in this country i don't think anyone comes close before it would have been for me would have come up between him and jonah jonah's moved on he's doing great over over in the fed um but for me ugg's ugg's the best so you ask me what a win over someone like Ugg would do i would imagine it would skyrocket my career Um, it would legitimise me as the heavyweight and would put me on the map. And for myself too, would prove that I do belong in wrestling. No doubt.
2: Thank you for your time. Really do appreciate it, guys. We're so looking forward to this promotion kicking off in a couple of months' time and looking forward to you guys being a part of it. Well done.
7: No, thank you. Thanks
2: for having me. Welcome back. Part three of On the Turnbuckle and hope you enjoyed our interviews with JXT (laughs) and Fox, our interview with Aisha, also, Shiko Schmacks.
3: Who was joined and, by Bo Bowman and Bo Bowman yeah, and
2: uh, also there we had an interview with Callum Butcher. Callum Butcher, we did too. The butcher who uh, jumped in last week uh, last year with uh, when we had an interesting interview.
3: That was this year.
2: Was that earlier this year? My God, how time flies! Yeah.
3: That was this year, Tony. Yeah, it's been a been a weird year. It's a long year. But we got to the finish
4: line in the We'd- end. We did with some finish the year off with some uh, great interviews. Yeah, I thought Tony some good chats. I thought wonderful world some... of editing. You know, some interviews while she's drunk, some interviews he's not. Um, yeah, keeping. I it, think keeping that it I was
3: um, the interviews I was sober for, It was the chats and frank discussions that I was um, drunk for. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think last week's interviews you were probably they were the last couple.
3: Yeah, I reckon, though, so I, reckon I, I don't Joel on the one with uh... Yeah, I don't reckon I was much more sober for snacks and butcher, to be honest. <laughs> to be brutally honest. Because I don't remember the I don't remember much about them.
2: But um I can I'm tell sure you a was, bit about them if you can't remember.
3: I'm sure I was excellent. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And if you didn't know, I was actually in the interviews as well, but I just didn't get to say anything. <laughs>
3: Which we all would agree is for the best. For the best. Well, Lyle, exactly. like, Lyle left, so.
4: Well, I just I just knew I wasn't going to get Walked a word out. in, Tony. I knew yeah. I wasn't going to get a word in with drunk Welshie, Tony. So I just beat the traffic. So no, no, no. I, I played it smart. You know what I mean? Well, you were meant to be
3: our lift home.
4: I'm normally your lift home. And uh, I knew you were going to kick on. Well, I, I knew. It was a, a Sunday night. You had that look in your eye of, I'm not going home before six o'clock tonight. Uh, boys we're going to wrap it up
2: as we said for uh the year 2020 it's been an interesting year uh we've done done wrestling podcasts without any wrestling being on it's been quite amazing (laughs) as to how that happens
3: um i've noticed a few people already including our listener asia messaging they're getting their reports on um their most listened to things on spotify and we were her number one listened to podcast. So that was, it's always good to see those. If anyone good does idea, get Richard. those notifications on their, um, on their listening devices, uh, tag us in it. Cause we, it does make this all worthwhile to be honest, to see it's those. Quite,
2: it's actually quite funny you mentioned that. And in all honesty and sincerity, our other, one of our other podcasts on my com on the grid, I just received notification in the email today telling us that it was number one in sports news in China. As a podcast, yeah. well, obviously, I haven't whacked a tariff on your podcast yet. Well, maybe they'll just listen before they actually ban us or put a tariff on us or something. <laughs> put it on
4: the turnbuckle ad in the next uh, episode, it's... Tony. Get us. Some, I will uh, for sure. Promise you. get it on
2: WeChat or whatever it is that they use over there. Have a have an amazing break, boys. Really look forward to coming back in the middle of January when we've got uh, the death match down under and everything else starting to kick off. Of course, uh, MCW kicking off early February as well, and PCW and all the wrestling uh, associations right around Australia will be looking at kicking off that sort of mid-Jan to early
3: Feb. So, yeah, it'll are you be good to. to all that? It'll be good to be able to. Um, it'll be good to be able to talk some wrestling and promote some shows. And there is a show in Perth this weekend. Um, EPW are running at Gate One, so. I'm not sure if tickets are sold out. If they're not, make sure you try and get there because uh, it's a fantastic card.
2: Yeah. Beautiful stuff.
3: We'll be able to catch
4: it on the EPW Vimeo when it comes out. So looking forward to that. The uh, grandfather of wrestling, Tony. Yes. He goes one one on one with uh, Gavin McGavin. So uh, Davis two of our two good of our one. favorites, Tony. So yeah, good. Hopefully, we can get to some live wrestling shows next year. And uh, let's just put this year in the past, I think, and move on as quickly as possible.
2: Yeah. Merry Christmas to you and your families, boys.
3: And to you and your families out there as well. All our listener, Our listener. (laughs) No, we've got I think um, Callum Butcher also added himself as a listener in today's episode. So we have two listeners. Bo Bowman listens also. There you go. We're up to three. I'm
2: not sure about audience. Royce anymore. He's turned into an asshole, but that's all right.
3: No, he hasn't. Royce messaged me he was listening last week. He messaged me, asked me a question about the nah, show.
2: I don't like the he way just he doesn't like you. I don't like the way he addressed uh, Will Ospreay <laughs> the other day.
3: So yeah, probably.
4: he did, I don't think he likes you, Tony, because you ate all these two minute noodles when we we're in Sydney.
2: Uh, he had no problem sharing a bear with me in Sydney though. <laughs> Wrestling
3: yes, he, to he, he took the uncomfortable couch to get away yeah.
2: from you. That's true. Just that was the unfoldable
4: futon, I think he slept <laughs> on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. See you later, you imbeciles.
2: Uh, catch you, big jan gosh. boys, and catch you. Thanks for joining us in twenty twenty. Look forward to being a part of us again in twenty twenty one. Till then.
3: Enjoy the interviews.